Hello and welcome to The Left Wing, a podcast taking a look at the internal Labour Party politics happening, as well as a view of the world from the left wing. My name is David Allen, your regular host, and each week I will be joined by amazing people from within the party, as well as commentators and guests galore. This week, my panel is one shot... Because Mr. David Meller is currently hiding in a witness protection bunker after last week's episode and his remarks about John McDonnell. So we send you much love, David. Also, David's filling guest uh, cancelled at the last minute. And there was a guest before that. We've had a lot of cancellations. So it's just me and the wonderful Daniel Oliver this week. Hello, once again. And before we continue, I do just want to say that the left wing are very, very proud to announce that both Daniel and David were shortlisted this week for the Offerton Ward in Stockport for our 2018 local elections. So congratulations for that, Daniel. Oh, thank you very much. And to you, David, if you're listening. And uh, selection is... This Thursday coming, so the 12th of January. So someone's not going to be on the show. Whoever loses is probably not going to be on the show next week. (laughs) We will see. So, best of luck to both of you for that. Yep, thank you very much. It's going to be a very well-fought selection, I think. Well, to be fair, it's it's difficult for me, particularly, because it's like seeing your two children. Because I've got two children. I wouldn't want to see them fighting over no. something. So, it's like seeing two children fighting. So, yeah. I'm just I'm going to sit here. Yeah. But just, just to reiterate, you are not only fighting for the selection, you are fighting for our love. <laughs> One of you will be the favourite child and one of you will be cast out. (laughs) Anyway, so this week we are going to be taking a look at 2017. Last week we took a look at 2016 and reviewed the year and in one of our best episodes ever. And this week we're going to take a look at the challenges the Labour Party may face in the coming 12 months. We have also got coming up the announcement for our 2016 Labour Party Star of the Year... I have the polling results. I know who's won. We will reveal that later on in the show. Oh, it's exciting. As always, if you disagree with anything, I in particular say, you can get in contact with us on Twitter. We are at The Left Wing Show on facebook.com forward slash The Left Wing Podcast. And The Left Wing Podcast at gmail.com is an email address if you want to send us a very large complaint letter. Also, just in case you'll listen, you'll be listening to this on one of our different channels, but we are right across the board on iTunes, on YouTube, and on SoundCloud. So, 2017, Dan, it's going to be another uphill battle for the Labour Party based on the sort of early press in the first week of the year. What can you see as being our biggest challenge this year? Um, I... I think as as with last year, our biggest challenge is going to be communication. We already know of one by election in Copeland. I'm sure there'll be countless others, whether on a parliamentary basis or a local basis. Well, Lee, um, for one. I forgot about Lee. Lee. Um, the mayoral elections, communication is going to be absolutely vital to our success this year and to communicating our key messages, um, which I think we failed to do last year. And again, we we kind of highlighted that in the last episode by yeah. naming Seamus Milne, particularly our worst performer of the year. Yeah. 
You would really hope part of Jeremy's rebranding would be getting rid of Seamus Milne. Yes, yeah, there's mention of this rebranding on Tuesday um, with Jeremy's big speech after the parliamentary return. There's been no leak yet as to the content of it, but I can't see him getting rid of Milne. I don't um, think it's going to be so much, I don't think it's going to be so much the content of the speech. I think it's going to be a complete image change. I think gone are the Swede jackets. <laughs> He's going to walk out on stage in a in a bright red Armani suit with spikes up hair and some kind of hipster glasses. <laughs> it's um, I think I'd be mentally scarred if that if that happened. Um, <laughs> that would be quite a concerning image. It would get people talking about it, it in would. a different way. It would. Probably not a positive way, though. Well, Although it would be a different kind of negativity to usual. Yeah, in less poll numbers more. What yeah. the hell? <laughs> but we we shall have to wait and see what how this rebrand takes shape. I, I can't... For a man that is very stubborn about... Not, is stubborn the right word? Very concentrated on his path and the way he chooses to go yep. about it. It's always been, no, this is the way I've done it for 39 years. This is the way I'm going to do it now. Yep. Can that much of a rebranding take place? I think it can do. I think the, the issue is, and we said that this again last week on last week's episode, is his communications team and his top aides. This week, again, we saw the issue with one of his top aides misadvising him relating to the birthday of a, a Sikh guru. And he then had to apologise again. It it just comes down to this point about gaffes and these gaffes that we should be doing without and that they really aren't doing us any favours and Corbyn's top team are not helping us. I'm glad you mentioned gaffes because in between us recording last week's show and me releasing last week's show, Jeremy Corbyn's New Year's message came out on... He, he did a video and it sounded like he'd recorded it by the side of one of Heathrow's runways yep. the audio was just in, inaudible he was, he, all you could hear was just like also. anyway I made my own spoof version it's available on YouTube Facebook and Twitter so go and check that out <laughs> it was a very rushed piece in between me finishing the editing and uh, releasing the episode no, it was quite funny though and it built the suspense for the review episode it did it did and uh, we've received nothing but compliments about that episode as well I'm really proud of that and not that much argument about who we chose for which category as well. I think we chose fairly kind of standard responses, but ones that deserved the awards they got, I think. Yeah. I, 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 when I looked back at it and I, I had the list in front of me, I couldn't argue with anyone. No, no, Except for you and David sabotaging the Star oh, of the Year to, Award. We have to go back to this. Sadiq was the star of last year. I'm, not, I'm sticking to that. Well, we'll find out if you're but, right later on. See, that's a teaser right there. <laughs> that's how we do it in the business. We mentioned Copeland. Yep. Big news this week internally within the party is uh, a local local MP of ours, Mr. Andrew Gwynn, MP, is going to be heading up the Copeland by-election efforts. Yep. I saw in one newspaper article he was described as an election election. Oh, what was it now? Election guru, I think it was. Yeah. Well, this thing is now... He was partly responsible for Jim McMahon's election in Oldham. He's playing a lead role in Andy Burnham's campaign in Greater Manchester. And he's now taking on this position for Copeland. So, fair play to him. It is going to be a hard job, particularly with Copeland. 
But fair play to him. He's a very talented guy, uh, and I wish him the best of luck. He is, and uh, we also... He is he's a local MP of ours, so it's a little bit of bias because yeah. we do see him at things, but he, he has done an incredible amount of work both locally and for the party nationally, mm-hmm. and whoever is the candidate for Copeland, which we will find out, is it the 19th there, selection? I heard 19th. I can't remember. It's sometime soon. I don't know if it'll be by the next time we record, we may have a candidate, but he's he'll be lucky to have Andrew as yeah. his... Yes, definitely. ...as his... Uh, the guy heading up the campaign. Talking of Copeland, there's been a lot of talk this week because there's obviously a leadership election in Unite going on. Unite have very, very strong ties with the Labour Party. Mm-hmm. So there's been a lot of talk this week about polling and whether Jeremy sees there a pro- sees there's a problem, whether he thinks that it's... it's what What point is it time to say the ship is sinking, maybe someone else needs to take charge. Yeah. it's um, We've seen over recent weeks, haven't we? Diane Abbott gave him 12 months. Len McCluskey's now given him two years um, to kind of fix things or review or examine the situation, I think was Len's quote. Mm. Um, I don't think... I, there was a lot of a fuss made, wasn't there, about Len pulling his back in for, for Corbyn. I don't think that was the case, but... Len is now facing a leadership contest within Unite, of his own doing, to be fair. But he's got to prove that his work is about Unite and not the Labour Party. Because it's Unite members that will be voting for him. It's a very weird move to make, though, to come out and criticise Carbon the way he has, when you think that Unite is probably Carbon's strongest union in terms of supporters and stuff yeah. like that. It's... A very weird move. I'm not quite sure why he's made it. I, There are going to be members in, in Unite that may in the future consider voting for somebody else other than Len. Purely on the basis of how political Unite has become over the past couple of years. Yeah. And maybe that was in- inevitable because of Corbyn's position and his links with, with unions and that kind of thing. Maybe it was. But I think Len is trying to strengthen his position. And just make sure that any of those voters who might consider leaving him do stay by his side as he's trying to realign his focus and his priorities to unite rather than Jeremy Corbyn. Now, I saw that as 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 the strategy, the, be- the best explanation for why he's done it. Yeah. But I think, wouldn't the people that are going to not vote for Len have already made that decision and have already decided... No, there's a leadership happening. We need to get rid of land. Nothing he's going to do is going to change our mind. So it's it seems like he's going to lose his supporter base and not pick up that much. I'm not so sure. Mainly because of this third candidate, Ian. I think his surname's Allenson, mm. who, again, is another left-wing candidate. And maybe from Len's position, he's thinking he might lose votes or, let, or Ian might split his vote and then allow... Uh, Gerald to come in, but it's it's a strange one. I was surprised when he made the movie did, but looking at it, I kind of understand where he's coming from. It got a lot more people talking about Labour polling, which yeah. was which was interesting. And again, we had the usual argument of Labour is doomed or all polls are wrong. It was one or the other yet again. Yeah. 
Just to go over the basic figures, if you've not seen them yet, from my research, YouGov was the latest poll that seems to have caught everyone's attention. It was polled in early to mid-December, but the results only became available at the beginning of the year. And that had Conservatives at... And this is the parties. I'll come on to the other question in a minute. Uh, For the parties, it was... 39% 39% to the Conservatives, 24% to Labour. That's a 15-point gap. And also, that is the lowest Labour have polled with YouGov since July t- 2009, when we were in government. Yeah. And I think my biggest concern with that is we are now well and truly in the midterm. And for an opposition party to not be gaining ground... Slap bang in the midterm of a conservative administration is a major alarm bell for me. Yeah, I can't disagree. It's if you think it's it's coming up to eighteen months since Jeremy Corbyn became leader, but even if you look before that point, we weren't polling well at all. We are in a in a mess. I think is the kind of untechnical way to put it. I think we're in a nosedive, and I'm not seeing the pilot pulling the nose no. up, which is concerning. And I know it may come across that we're just bashing carbon here, but it's just, it's a legitimate question for members to be asking, uh, members across the party, because he was elected by the members. The PLP made it clear they wanted no part of him yeah. on, the, on for the majority. So it's the members that put him there. It's a legitimate question to be asking, where at, why, why, what are you doing to turn this around? All I... From my perspective, I seem to see a lot less of Jeremy trying to win an election now than more of Jeremy still fighting the party to do what he wants yep. to do. Yep. And the thing, if you look at the events of this week in particular, there's this big criticism. Again, when something bad is happening that is a, a prime opportunity for us to act as, a, an, effect, as, a, as an effective opposition, Jeremy Corbyn is nowhere to be seen. Yet again. I think the big one will be the British Red Cross. Yes. Today. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, not today. It Was it today? No, it was yesterday. It's been over the past couple of days. It's been bubbling away, hasn't it? It's, it's a terrible state of affairs, that. But again, as, the, as an effective opposition and as a party that created the NHS, we should be crying out about that. And, and we are to an extent, but it's something you should be seeing the opposition leader out and about campaigning on on the news about, answering questions about, and it's just not happened this week. No. Because I would imagine that after that British Red Cross thing came out and Jeremy Hunt went into hiding, Jeremy Corbyn will have got a stack of press yep. press um, requests to do all the, all the big news networks yep. and all the big news shows. So it seems weird that, again, we've had this silence... I just want to go back as well to this polling for a second because I've got you govs the main question for this poll I gave you the parties where the parties are polling at the moment but this is the interesting one which of the following do you think no sorry yeah which of the following do you think would make the best prime minister Theresa May Jeremy Corbyn or not sure nationally across the total it was Theresa May 44% Jeremy Corbyn 16% and not sure, forty-one percent. It's um, it's disastrous, isn't it? It, it, it seems to be an irrecoverable, irrecoverable position. And I know many will 
we'll dispute that and we'll say we can fight back. But look at those figures and it just it's so disheartening for, I, the, for the I, beginning of 2017. I think I would be worried that if someone else was thrown into that poll, if there was a third name, Jeremy would have polled third in that. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Like Depending upon the candidate, obviously. Tim Farron or Nigel Farage. Yeah. Talking of which, just before we continue, I've got a beef with LBC this week. Oh, with their uh, regular Farage show. Yeah. Yep. Where was our invite? <laughs> Never mind Farage, no one wants to listen to him. He's a has-been now, just ignore him. He's going to go off and get a show on American TV like Piers Morgan did. <laughs> Where was our invite? The left wing on LBC. I'm telling you, they've, they've missed an opportunity there. Yeah. Terrible. I know it sounds like we're unprofessional, but we could be LBC. <laughs> we could be. We could be. <laughs> But on a serious note, Theresa May, 44%, Jeremy Carbon 16 The other telling thing about this poll is it's split into different sample audience, uh, different samples. And Jeremy Carbon doesn't beat Theresa May on any of them. I'm just double-checking that. Well, Labour voters. But you'd expect that, just. Voting intention Labour is leading on, and... Voted in 2015, but it gets tighter there. Other than that, Jeremy is losing in every demographic. You name a demographic, he's losing. You name a part of the country, he's losing. He's not. He's he's being beat. He's being beaten by Theresa May in Scotland and the North. And again, if you look at the age figures and the age ranges, it it, it is a shocking position for us to be in at this stage. As you say, in between two general elections, we should not be at this stage, polling wise. People aged 65 plus are going Theresa May 68%, Jeremy Corbyn 6 Now, bearing in mind that we have got an ever-growing aging an aging population, population. Yep. That, that's where a, a large vote share is. It only gets close when you get to age 18 to 24, 28% to 20 to 27%. I think that's the closest it gets. It sounds terrible to say, and I don't know if we're going to mention the Fabian report from this week later on, but... It's how, it it's terrible, but our current electoral system seems to be the only thing that is going to save us at the moment. If there was a general election in the coming months, in that even though we we would have a lower vote share, our electoral system would save us in many places and would keep our MPs there, and would save us from oblivion. And then all those people that were moaning about the electoral college system in America can just go ish day on that for a few yep, months indeed now to be fair 41% in this poll said not sure but f- to win 41% to win this to essentially win the election Jeremy Carbon's got to win that 41% he's got to win every undecided vote yep that is a massive ask and again at midterm we're not we're not fresh off a conservative election victory anymore it's 2017 we're halfway through it. We're at the halfway mark now of the of the administration. We should be polling high. Listen, I don't think anyone would would dis- disagree if you if you criticised Ed Miliband's communications and all that kind of thing, and what we did during his term as leader. But the past eighteen months has just taken us to an all time low. I think yeah. from a leadership, from a national perspective, it just it is it's disheartening because for, for even- all of us members. With the communication issues, Ed Miliband still looked basically prime ministerial. Basically, yes, to an, yeah, to an extent, yeah. 
And I just don't... People continue to not see Jeremy no. in that light. No. And I don't think they will. Um, and I think that comes... It comes down to the same question about Len McCluskey. I think he knows that. And I think many Labour members do, to be fair. But with Corbyn, they see a chance to change things. And for now, they don't want to let that go. And how far that will continue, I don't know how far Jeremy will let that continue. I'm really not sure whether he will look to pick a successor who is more electable. Uh, we will have to wait and see. While we're on the subject, just very quickly, I'm going to go there, screw it. Because last week on the outtake, you may have heard a bit where I mentioned that I was going to edit some out. I can s- I've heard a lot about Jeremy Corbyn becoming the anti-establishment candidate, the new Trump, which is not really something you want to be emulating. That argument doesn't work. It's the same as us saying, oh, Theresa May was an unelected prime minister because yeah. we did exactly the same thing. It, I, I don't understand how we can get to the hypocrisy of Jeremy Corbyn marching around saying that he's anti-establishment when he's been an MP for 40 years. He's got £1.5 million House of Commons pension coming his way when he retires. He is a member of the establishment. He has been voting on laws being passed, wars being raged for the last 40 years. He is probably more establishment than half the Tories because they've only just... You know what I mean? If you compare Jeremy Corbyn to... Oh, what's the name? The, the doctor who's not been in Parliament too long. Tory. Yeah. Sarah Wollaston. Yeah. Yep. Who's more establishment? I would say Jeremy. Yeah. It's close, but it's, it shouldn't um, be close. I don't think this line of anti-establishment politics will, will work, not in that sense. Obviously, Jeremy and his team have seen this disenfranchisement across the UK and across the world, really. We saw it with Trump. We saw it with Brexit. And they're trying to harness that. And I just don't think their way of going about it is going to work. Although, to be fair, we'd have said the same about Farage and, and Trump. And we still do. We still say they are the establishment, and yet they're fighting against it, mm. or supposedly fighting against it. So, And those two became relatively successful. <laughs> so maybe that's their line of thought. Maybe it is. I think, no, cause I think Trump was, to a certain extent, he was anti-establishment. He, he is, but if you look at what he's done since, he's just proved what everyone's concerns were right to be, in that he's a... He's, He's picked establishment figures to be his cabinet and it's likely that he will take a very establishment point of view as president. And it's just, it just doesn't look great at all. Considering the campaign he fought on, it isn't a good way for him to be going. He has to do that to a certain extent, though. You can't, for his cabinet to have any sense of credibility and weight that a US government administration should have, he had to go to the establishment to a certain degree. Mm. I'm not so sure. Not on the campaign he fought on. And and people didn't vote for a conventional candidate with him. That was part of the reason he won, because he wasn't conventional. Yeah. It's just, when you look at Trump the person, he is not the establishment. He's not a career politician. You know what I mean? I think he was the first, first president... Was he the first president ever to win the presidency without having ever served public office. I they, don't they want to say be. that for definite. Yeah. If if he wasn't the first, it's been the first in a very long time. Yeah. It's a hell of an achievement on his part. It is indeed. And despite him always wanting to be a part of the establishment, he never was. And the establishment kind of went, 
I sound like I love Trump now. I really don't. <laughs> I hate him. And he's going to destroy the world. But in comparison to when Jeremy's trying to sort of, well, his people, his team, are trying to take that route, and you look at the two, mm. it's not not really the same. I don't, no, I don't think it will work. And that was interesting. That was what struck me today. As you mentioned earlier with the Offerton selection for David and I, uh, we've both had to go out talking to local members in Offerton to try and get that selection on Thursday. And what struck me from a lot of them was they are Corbyn supporters and they've voted for him in both leadership contests. Yet even they don't see him as a, a, as a, as a good communicator. And even they said, and I agreed, it comes down to his team and to him because they all seem to be mis- making mistakes on a regular basis. At what point do you think Jeremy has to say, no, we need major personnel shift there now? I don't know. I'd, I'd, I don't know if he will. That, that's that's my concern. I don't know if he will. I would like him to, but I can't see it happening anytime soon. Because if I was in his shoes, I'd be saying, right, a lot of the people in this team are the team that got me elected. It was right that they came with me. That's loyalty. That's that's an admirable quality. But I would also be saying, you can't do this job. It's clear. Mm. So we need to bring some people in that can. Alistair Campbell. <laughs> it would never happen, but imagine. Yeah, I can't see him making a return. Malcolm Tucker. <laughs> that might be what it needs, to be honest. Yes. Shake things a, up a bit. A sweary Scotsman. Talking of Alistair Campbell, there was an article this week about, it was a preview for a piece that's going to be in G- GQ magazine in February. And it was about, it was an interview between Alistair Campbell and Tom Watson. Now, Tom is quite popular amongst our listenership. He was the person with the most nominations for Star of the Year, despite the fact that he didn't make the final two. <laughs> Go figure. And in this article, it was like I said, it was a preview of the interview, and it talks about Tom Watson admitting that he's basically been frozen out of Jeremy Corbyn's inner circle since the leadership contest last summer. Some quotes here. Uh, in GQ magazine, Mr. Watson said he was not part of the team drawing up the election manifesto. He said it will be his manifesto. I mean, in that quote there, but I'm assuming the same as some of the article. Mr. Watson was asked uh, about the party's master plan. Mr. Watson replied, I'm not on his strategy committee. Mr. Campbell then asked, who is then? To which Mr. Watson said, I don't know. This is the deputy leader of the Labour Party, ladies and gentlemen. I suppose there's two ways to come at this. The the main thing is it's shocking because, as you say, he's the deputy leader of our party... He has his own personal mandate, as Jeremy does, being elected by party membership as deputy leader. And I suppose, but I suppose on the other hand, you have to admit Jeremy has got to be wary after the events of last year. Tom did take a clear line in leadership contest, um, and at one point was trying to reach an agreement for Corbyn to step down. So I suppose there's going to be bad blood there, and I don't think that relationship will ever heal. To be honest, but it is it is shocking. You would, it should just be a guaranteed thing that the deputy leader is on our party strategy committee, yeah, and should know what is going on. Because, well, as you said, he has a mandate. Yeah. It's not. I, I I honestly don't see it being Jeremy's decision to make on that one. Because 
we're, we're all about talking about Jeremy's mandate. And Tom, I think, does in this interview refer to the fact that, yeah, that second election means he is the established leader. Yep. So he does make reference to that. But that first election for deputy leader made Tom Watson the established deputy leader. He's, he, you know what I mean? He has his mandate. He has to have a seat at the table. Yeah. I don't like the way that Jeremy Corbyn's leadership is so iron fist, totalitarian. I'm trying not to say it's becoming a dictatorship. When you're cutting out any voice of opposition by having your group in momentum, threaten deselections of anyone that speaks out against him. He said he's blocked Tom Watson out of everything despite the fact that he's an elected member. He's he's been elected as deputy leader. He's frozen out a fair whack of the PLP through just ignoring him. Whether that's his team or not, it's been blamed on his team. But I'm sure Jeremy's reachable. He he, he can make himself reachable if he really wants to. Yeah, definitely. I think the main thing about all this is... (sighs) Whilst some of us may not have voted for Corbyn in last year's leadership contest, when he was re-elected, we still knew the priority was kind of putting forward one single line, presenting what should be a united front, and at least trying to get into government. And this, yet again, is another one of these articles and and media pieces that isn't going to help us, and it's something we could have avoided Mm. by something that is straightforward. Yeah. Um, as you say, as an elected official, Tom Watson should have a guaranteed spot on any strategy committee of any kind in our yeah. party. So to not have such a, a place or to know who's on that committee, it, it's quite worrying. Yeah. And I'd, again, I really want to try and avoid the fact that I'm just jumping all over Jeremy Corbyn. Whenever we record this show, I try to be as impartial and balanced as possible. But at the same time, I have got my own opinions. Mm-hmm. And also, furthermore, as a fully paid up party member who pays my subscription and also pays in time work and effort for the party i believe i have the right to ask these questions of of the leader and of the party that i am in part helping to fund and work for and stuff like that it's it's a reasonable question because there will be some people listening to this now going how dare he ask such questions I think I'm perfectly entitled to. Yeah. No, I do agree. Um, I honestly do believe now that, that Jeremy should face a general election as leader of the Labour Party. I and, agree. And I think we should work towards that aim um, as one party. I know many won't, won't agree with that, but I, I certainly think we should. And at least give him the chance that many want him to have. And then whatever the result, if he loses, then it's his decision I think he should step down if he does, but it will be his decision. And if he wins, however unlikely it is, it would be great. So, The original question was, what challenges does Labour face in 2017? I think the biggest challenge has to be at this moment in time. I think Jeremy should face a general election. But if the confidence is starting to wane in him through, with his supporters in the party and most importantly if his confidence at going and winning a general election is weighing in he has to go and he has to go this year yeah. and ideally before conference 
and I'm saying this now because if it if the polls if we have another 12 months of horrible polls and then people start trying to push them in 2018 it's not long enough for a new leader to get established to build the, the, the profile no. to get the manifesto to change direction the ship will be heading in that direction mm -hmm. regardless if someone is going to take the reins someone else is going to take the reins it needs to be in the next six months yeah yeah I, th I think so to be honest um, it has to be Jeremy's decision but yeah it has we are at a crucial point now. We are. We are. It, it has to be his decision. The PLP shouldn't try and push him. No one should try and push him. But if I was him, I think my self-confidence at the moment would be doubting myself. And if he seriously has the doubts that he can win the 2020 election, yeah. then he has to make that move now. I'm not saying he should make that move, but if he is, if he, if if there's any doubt in his mind, and there's there's no room for oh well, I'll wait another year. You, we haven't got that luxury now. No. No, not at all. Right. Time to wrap up. But first, it's the announcement everybody has been waiting for. Last week, we took your long list of Labour Stars of the Year and turned it into a short list of two. Controversially, because two of the three panel members thought that it should have been Sadiq Khan. But I'm in charge. <laughs> so, we put it to a public vote. Links are available on our Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, everywhere for you guys to partake in the votes. And I can now reveal that the Left Wing's 2016 Labour Star of the Year, as voted for by the listeners, by a margin of 52 to 48%, is Angela Rayner. Oh. Fair play to Angela. Yeah. She, and she does. She deserves a lot of recognition for her work last year. So I think she I deserves the award. I won't criticise the decision. I think she deserves the award. And it was tight. The leader, I, I was watching the polls. I deliberately blocked the public from seeing the result just so that we could try and get people to tune in and listen. Yeah. But it was tight. It kept switching back and forth. I will just say for the record that... My voting data does include geographical... It doesn't show me your house or anything, but it shows me where the votes are coming from. And there were certain office buildings in London that were heavily voting Sadiq. <laughs> Whether they were Sadiq's personal offices or something to do with the Mayor of London's offices, I do not know. But all I'm saying is, uh, we're watching you for future votes. <laughs> so Angela Rayner is our star of the year. And that's it for this week. My thank you to Mr. Daniel Oliver... Thank you very much. Yep. Uh, it's another busy week coming up, but uh, here's Again, hoping. I wish you the best of luck Thank with you. Offerton. Yep. And same, same to David. And same to David. David, we have missed you. I'm sure David will be back on at some point in the near future. I can't say when he's going to be back because, yeah, I can't say what's going on at the moment, but the diary is very much up in the air, hence why this show's changed formats this week about 18 times. But you will find out. Stay tuned to our Twitter, at The Left Wing Show, our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash The Left Wing Podcast, for what should be some very exciting announcements, hopefully over the next 14 days. I am hoping we will have firm, concrete announcements to be made. But I will reveal no more. So that is it. Thank you all very much for tuning in. 
Again, we're available on YouTube, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Just search for The Left Wing. On SoundCloud, it's soundcloud.com forward slash The Left Wing Podcast. And we will hopefully have a unique YouTube URL in the coming days. I'm still trying to sort that out with YouTube. Please, if you are thinking about which way to watch it, watch it on YouTube. It's, it's the better of the versions. I have been David Allen. Thank you very much for listening. Please, please, please get in contact. And please, 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 if you can, hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button on iTunes. Hit it on SoundCloud. Hit that thumbs up on our social media pages and follow us on Twitter. because And it's all free. When I say subscribe, you've not got to pay to subscribe. It's completely free. But it just makes us look more impressive than we actually are. I've been David Allen, joined by Daniel Oliver. And we will be back next week with The Left Wing. Thank you for listening. I think Jeremy should face a general election now. Lead, I nearly said leadership election then. <laughs> there'll be there'll be Freudian slip comments everywhere.